1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live. My name is Leslie Hendrickson. I'm a reporter at Mansion Global. Today with me is Anna Jarstrom, strategic advisor and wellness pioneer at Six Senses and Raison d'Etre. Welcome, Anna. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. And happy National Wellness Month. That's actually happening here in the U.S., but since we're virtual, we can celebrate together.
0: I like that. More wellness to the people.
1: Right. Um, so, I just wanted to, you know, start off with an introduction. Your title includes wellness pioneer, and I know you've been at it many years. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Six Senses?
0: Well, um, wellness pioneer. It's kind of a title I chose myself because um, I wanted to work with testing what's coming and being searching for. How are we going to scale or commercialize science and wellness and health and medicine? So I really wanted to have a title that could also make it safe to do that. And in, instead of, for instance, chief wellness officer, that comes with a lot of politics and other things. So it's kind of a responsibility-free title in one sense, because if you pioneer and if you fail, that's fine. So my background, I mean, I've been in wellness almost all my life and um have worked started off before I went to university with in the 80s with aerobics and personal training and spinning and uh, then went and thought I'd get a real job and uh, did a master degree in business and finance and then I continued and open up uh, just when the gym business I kind of graduated just when the gym business take off to become a big business so that was uh, my luck to have also both the so to speak science and the business background as well as the wellness and then as things go by i went into very deep meditation a bit of healing uh, a lot of science and work with experts and doctors and professors and mixing that all around because i think it is a big mix today with wellness and people are trying to navigate in a very a difficult world to navigate on what's right and what's wrong and what way should I t- take and how should I do it and how should I
1: live. Right. Sometimes, you know, when we think of wellness, we don't necessarily think of science first, but I know you have a significant science background. Does that surprise people?
0: Uh, yes, it does, because um, I think nowadays it's getting a bit more accepted and, and people are interested in it but when i started with spas in particular and wellness 10 15 or 20 50 years ago it was more it, it you know no doctors wanted to have anything to do with us no scientific and when i came to harvard this was maybe seven eight years ago i was and worked as a corporate member council member it was so interesting to hear that they actually wanted to talk to me they were interested, they were understanding that wellness is important and science. The problem with science is that wellness is very hard. You want one thing to to study when you study scientific um, and you want to compare it with something. And wellness is a bit difficult to do that with, but there has come out a lot of science on anything from how air quality affects wellness, to massage, to meditations or being in nature. So it is, it is happening now.
1: How do you uh, wh- how do you think about that shift? What do you attribute to that evolution of thought?
0: I think it is because people realize that they don't want to come into the medical maze, so to speak. So they don't want to get sick. They want to prevent themselves from being sick. And that was even before we had this pandemic. It was evident that once you're in uh, the whole hospital, sick care, health care, you then have to take medicine and then you have to take more medicine to counter the side effects of the first medicine. And then you're in this maze that is very hard to get out. So you don't even want to enter into it. And I think more and more people has uh, understood that. But also there's a lot more sick people and diabetes, too, in particular, and other things is make, makes that you have to find alternate ways on how do you stay well and healthy when are and I, I think healthcare is amazing but it's not enough. You have to couple it with wellness. And I think that has come a realization that whatever disease I have, if I don't sleep well, it's very difficult to combat that disease with whatever miracle medicine there is.
1: Right, right. So how would you define wellness in the the holistic way?
0: I think uh, in a holistic way, wellness is about finding some sort of balance with the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental. You have to have... Those what one call bodies that we all have, in somewhat check. And if not one, if you're very emotionally like, when something happens to you, let's say you have someone dies, uh, someone die that you love, then you of course are very emotionally challenged. But then you need the other three to combat that and to help so that you can help with supporting that. So I think it's finding that balance and that strength that you need. Is what I, I define as wellness and have those different bodies in a coherent, synchronized way working together to support you.
1: Right. So, um, how do you feel like the built environment affects people's wellness, you know, where they live, where they stay, where they work?
0: Hugely. And it's been more and more proven that we spend 90% of our time indoors which means that our building can either make us healthy or make us sick. And uh, we can see through research, and I think Professor Joe Allen at Harvard has done amazing research when it comes to the built environment and health and shown how important, for instance, air quality is. um, And let's say sound quality, light quality. So if we just look at study that was done on air quality, that if we sit, a lot of our time, where we spend our time indoors, it's a very different air quality than outdoors. We have more carbon dioxide. Now, if we open the windows, or if that's not possible, we increase air conditioning. That means that we can, to a certain degree, that means that we can increase our responsiveness to stress with 300%, and problem solving with 250%. and Response to stress, all of those things obviously means that we function much better in every way possible. So, if we sit indoor and don't have enough airflow, we simply cannot think as well. And when we don't think as well, we don't take really good decisions and we get stressed and we have sleep problems, etc. So, airflow is one of the most important things um, when it comes to the built environment. And there are many other studies like this to show. That the built environment, we can have sick buildings that I think many of us have heard of, or we can have what we're seeing now, more well buildings that look at not as much toxins in the materials, which means that we don't breathe as much toxins, better airflow, better filter, better water, better light, safety, of course. So all of those things are incredibly important. And I think it hasn't been focused on enough because the expertise is still growing, but it is definitely something that is growing at an exponential rate. And one can also see that the old buildings that was built maybe two, 300 years ago were actually healthy. They were breathing. They were really built with uh, with a lot as like together with nature. But then the, the buildings from, I would say, probably from 1950 and up, uh, there we have a definite challenge where we have the sick building syndrome that makes us sick when we spend 90 percent of our time indoors so it is interesting and i think there needs to be a bit more awareness which obviously can come from the residential we do see that in the residential market if you have healthier buildings more wellness focused, that is a premium rate to to the actual purchase price or sale price so People are wanting that, but we, I think we can go even more than we what we're seeing right now.
1: Interesting. So, um, as you mentioned, people are starting to seek out these resorts and branded residences like you offer at Six Senses that have wellness built into the experience. How have you seen that evolution manifest?
0: Well it wasn't much when i started in this industry it was more about luxury and uh, having as much as uh, marble and gold i would say as possible in the residencies in the best way possible and then as things as progress so has the residential market so it's been an evolution that has tagged uh, tag teamed with the wellness evolution and even is a bit behind i would say and especially when it comes to the actual built environment we have seen everything in the residential business to huge amenities. That is just like two more meaningful amenities. Uh, but there is an evolution where people are now, at least when it comes to the luxury market, wanting the basic of what they call wellness in a building. And that those are the amenities. Then I believe that if the building is then built after principles that make you healthier just by being there compared in another building, that are also things that will come in a greater way as we go forward.
1: And how are some of those principles applied at Six Senses and other spas that you've been involved with?
0: What we try to do at Six Senses is uh, work a lot with, when we build something, sustainable material and uh, with less chemical. And we're trying to stay away as much as we can, however strange that sounds for safety, from fire retardant uh, fabrics and everything. And uh, because, again, research has shown that having a fire return pillow or bed, which you lay in eight hours a day and you breathe in all of these very, very heavy chemicals, it doesn't really prevent a fire more than about three seconds. So I think Harvard actually is the first fire retardant free university in the world. They're at least aspiring because it is so unhealthy. So in general, with chemicals trying to have. We have organic beds or sustainable beds, bedding, the material, non-chemical paint, uh, adhesives, etc. We also work with the light, sound, um, and air quality, and of course temperature as well. We one thing that we do a lot with Exensus, and we're known for, is the biophilic design. And biophilic design is generally bringing nature in but it's not only that you have some plants or a green well it's about natural material it's patterns, it's sounds and it's also touch of nature when you're indoors and that has shown um there's so many studies on that and especially there was a study on fortin pattern of biophilic design where it showed that it it is good for mindfulness, for stress, for sleep, and literally everything. So I think biophilic design is something that we're seeing a trend in the residential environment as well, and everywhere in the world, is that it is? it shows that um, bringing nature in helps because in our brain, uh, we actually, when we lo- look at nature, it tricks our brain as if we are actually in nature. So that's it's, it's a bit interesting. It doesn't have the exact same effect, but just looking at nature, feeling nature, perceiving that you are interacting with nature changes your brain in a positive way. So um, that's another way. And then we have all our wellness amenities. We work with a number of wellness amenities. We look at a lot of farm to table food. So even if you want a hamburger or pizza, it will be the best hamburger. We have focused a lot on our bedrooms, that they are good for sleep, whether it's residential or hotel. So sleep is incredibly important. So we've worked with um, sleep doctors, circadian rhythm researchers and others to find the right lighting, the right bed. I cannot tell you how many pillows I sent to our sleep doctor, Dr. Bruce. Uh, We sent and said, this is a really good pillow, everyone says. And he says, nope, nope, nope. So I think we sent him like 15, 20 pillows that were supposed to be very good for sleep before we find that bedding the bed um, and all those things that we need and also blackouts and the air quality and the temperature you are supposed to sleep in a very cold temperature so we preset that every night for our guests so there are lots of things around sleep and the sleep experience and then of course all the spa and wellness amenities with personalized wellness and bath areas and gym and programs that you can also do and and we are launching next year. The first one is going to be in London, our Sixth Census place. And that's a membership club, which um, which we can see really applies to the residential community as well. Interesting.
1: Uh, earlier, you were talking a little bit about that community aspect and how important it is for luxury buyers to have a uh, you know, a community and a residence where they have a like minded group of people around them. Can you talk a little more about that?
0: Yeah, we've seen, and I've seen in particular the last um, years, is that the luxury market, we have a loneliness epidemic right now in our world. And uh, that means that we get depressed, we get cancer more easily, we uh, have inflammation and chronic disease. So being lonely simply is not good for us. And Especially the affluent market has loneliness challenges, I would say, because when you have a lot of of money, uh, it's difficult to trust people. It's difficult to find a community. So living with like-minded and living with your tribe and being able to have a community that you can trust and be with and also meet new friends is really important. And we're seeing that where the real estate market before was very much uh, about having seclusion in your own and you not t- to have to meet any other person and you have your own haven, we're seeing a tendency that they want to have uh, more community. And one thing is this club aspect. Uh, we can see that also Six Senses, again, is building Six Census Place in New York, Austin, London, Bangkok, uh, Shanghai, and all places where we're going to have residential. And it's a really important part of, Because the residential buyer sees that as a very positive uh, reason. You can see it with Amman right now opening in New York. Their club aspect has been very positively responded to with their real estate sales. So I think that that community aspect that can be done in a very careful way and with like-minded with tribes and meaning with tribes is that also Sometimes the people that you grew up with or have as friends don't always share your interest. So if you're very interested in in wellness, your friends might not be or meditation. So also bringing in subjects in a community that you can meet others and discuss is becoming more important. And we're seeing that people are seeking more community than before.
1: Interesting. So I want to remind our audience that you can ask questions in the chat. Please feel free to do that um and we'll get to those at the end of the session um so i want to shift gears a little here on it and ask you what are some of the newest wellness offerings that you're seeing um
0: when in general or when it comes to uh, um residential market
1: um i'd say when it comes to the residential market let's go that direction since this um is the- i
0: mean it's still. I read some research the other day about what's most important when it comes to wellness for the residential market. They want the basics, um, which is a good gym, a spa, a steam room, a jacuzzi, uh, maybe a racket sport or basketball court. So those are things that are important depending on where it is. But then you have a lot of technology coming in. It's really interesting with the biohack, um, which is basically often machinery or other things that can help you with your wellness so we're starting to see cryotherapy chambers into where you go in because it's so good for you if you go in in a ice cold in celsius i'm not sure where it is fahrenheit because i'm swedish but it's minus 100 degrees super cold um if for three minutes it has such positive effect for your wellness or if you have a hyperbaric chamber where you go in in a certain pressure or other uh acupressure boots or infrared sauna or red light therapy all of those kind of hacks to hack your wellness is something that we're seeing is getting very much attention in the residential and and also in the wellness market in in particular because these are proven ways to hack your hack your body so to speak so it becomes more well and there's a lot of them coming out there's a lot of snake oil as well so one has to do the research of what actually works and what doesn't but there is no doubt that we're seeing a big surge of this technology and that lends itself pretty well in a residential setting as well because um, because it doesn't need the manning in the same way as if you have spas, etc. Another big trend we're seeing is to coupling with some clinic uh, and wellness kind of concierge. So every person is individual and what I need and what you need are very different. And even though we have... We're both women and I'm a bit older than you, but but still have similar challenges in life. There's completely when we go on a detox, we will need different things. So personalized medicine and longevity medicine, uh, meaning how do I stay healthier for longer and live longer? Um, and that is through a number of uh, functional medicine, as well as wellness coaching and other things. That's becoming a trend to couple either a hotel or a residential with the clinic or even bring the clinic in and offer them space in the residential um, and then have the buyers to be able to within their purchase price they also get so to speak a preventative not a medical health check because that they can get and usually have anyway but really look at their wellness aspects such as a bioimpedance where it's the body composition how much water how much muscle how much bone how much fat do i have and what do i do to optimize that there could be something like that or our mental stress levels etc so if you within your purchase price you also get a very high grade and uh, sophisticated wellness assessment and pre- together with preventative medicine that could be very interesting for the home buyer to actually buy a home in that place because then you can get coaching on how you can thrive and live more optimized because no no matter how much money you have, I think it was a Dalai Lama or Buddha who said, I can't remember who said we spend all our life, most of our life, uh, half the first half of our life to get as much money as possible. And then we use all that money to uh, combat all the diseases that we acquired when we tried to get the, the, all the money. So I think we know today that health is wealth and uh, therefore when we talk about luxury residency, we need to, I think, in the future have a lot more wellness concierge uh, medical slash medical uh, services. Right.
1: You mentioned some things are more like snake oil. So you have to do your research. What are some of the things that you would avoid that you're seeing coming on the wellness or horizon?
0: They are all kinds of capsules and rooms, uh, Uh, these uh, sleep pods um, and uh, with uh, vibration and sound and air and all these things. And we've tested them through the years and they've been on the market in a variety of form with some heat and other things. And the claims are that they're good for all kinds of things. So far I haven't ever seen anything work really well and when we try them no one actually want to do them even if it's for free because so going into a pod and doing it, an, i get constantly emails of uh, a meditation room or a meditation pod etc it's kind of there they simply it's not that they don't work but it's not worth it i would say so that's a lot of this nacle and then we of course have um the whole beauty market which is uh, pretty big with uh we, we buy the emperor's new clothes quite a lot. Um, and then everything, I mean, I think we all remember there's so many things that comes out and get a lot of branding. I think we remember the vibrational plate that we saw in every gym um, some years ago, and they're no longer there because it was more a gimmick. They're actually very good for rehabilitation, but maybe not for gym. And, and so there's, there's a lot of that. So we we'll have to do, do the research of, of those things, I would say.
1: Right. Um, so a lot of times, you, you mentioned this earlier, high net worth buyers want to bring wellness home. You know, they want to have the best wellness amenities at their own abode. If you were designing a luxury wellness center at a single family home or a mansion, what would you include?
0: Well, if it's a uh, just one house, so to speak, and entering, it would naturally be a gym. I think, even if it's small, but there's these small multifunctional gym. I would have a really nice treatment room uh, that you can have expert practitioners to come home to your home. If you don't, some some people have their own that they fly around with, but you need different practitioners, but they have a place where you can have those come to your home. I would also very much look at the nine pillars, actually, of healthy building, which you can find on for health.org by Harvard of making sure that the bedroom, the safety, the air, the lighting, etc., all of those factors that when you, if it's possible when you build the home, that you make that home from an environmental perspective for your own health as healthy as possible. Then, I mean, if it would be me, I would put in infrared sauna and a cold dip or a cryotherapy or an ice bath. There are some really good ice baths out there that are pretty compact nowadays, because I know how healthy with the hot and the cold is. So I would have some of those aspects. Now, if I had as much space as possible, I would have a whole biohack room with lots of stations. So during the day I have at my home, I have a lot of different things uh, at my office as well, like foot massage machines or pulse electromagnetic field mats or infrared belts and other things that you can have while you work. So vibrational plates and all kinds of things that I think, so I would have a whole biohack room where I could have all of these types of equipment that I could use, where I can go into. Um, Circadian rhythm uh, lighting, I think I would um, definitely install and For those that do not know what circadian rhythm lighting is, it has been proven and the Nobel Prize a couple of years ago showed this, that every cell in our body responds to a circadian rhythm. And with circadian rhythm is that we're kind of grown up for the last million years that our body functions when the sun is up and it goes into hibernation when the sun is down. So we are creatures that really live of light and darkness. And when we got the artificial light, that has caused a lot of problem because then the body thinks that when it's evening and the sun has gone down that it's still daylight and when we got all these tablets and phone that has become an even worse problem with sleep so what we can do is that through the lighting in our homes we can take and make a dynamic lighting as one says so when it's night time let's say after 9 p.m because about two at least two hours before you go to bed you should have dimmed light or you use blue blocking glasses. But if it's a luxury home, I would have a GPS driven uh, lighting system where you lower the blue light, which is what is and parts of the red light, which mimics sunlight, so that your body starts producing melatonin, which is a sleep hormone that makes you sleepy, so you can actually get a good night's sleep. When it's in the morning, you want the blue light as high as possible. The most important thing for your health actually to do in the morning, except to rehydrate yourself after you've lost all the water during the night is to see sunlight. So again, have very uh, dynamic lighting. And there are those that are there today, whereby you have sunlight in the morning when you wake up, even if the sun hasn't risen and you have um, no sunlight when you're going to bed. And that is so important. and, And for energy for sleep and for general wellness of the body. So that's another thing I would definitely put into our, our the home. And then you have all the other things like steam rooms and, and saunas and uh, water, like pools and jacuzzis, etc., which are absolutely lovely. And also, again, very healthy. And I would look at water filter and water filtration system to minimize the chemical usage of all those water bodies, including the one that you drink.
1: So we do have a, a question from Steve in our audience, and he wants to know what pillow you would recommend after having sent 50 or so pillows to your sleep expert.
0: Oh, which one it is? Um, well, I we use, and I also personally use, actually the bedding company. They have the best bed I've ever slept in that we are using with Extensive called Natural Mat. Mm-hmm. It's an organic bed. With uh, FSC marked wood. It's made in Devon and England uh, of sheep hair, uh, a lot of it in the bed, and it's non allergic. And the pillows and the duvet are absolutely amazing. So, natural mat is my beyond. I have it in my home, I have it in my summer house, we have it in Six Census hotels. And I think when you buy a bed that you have in the hotels, it is really good. And we searched a long time before we found that that company. So naturalmat.co.uk, I think it is. I have no affiliation more that we use them in six senses. That's the best ones I know.
1: Right. Thank you. Um, so this has been a great conversation, but we're almost out of time. I wanted to end with what you see, where you see wellness going in the next five to 10 years.
0: I mean, it's it's fantastic actually to work in this industry right now because it's exploding in every way, shape and form. And the I think we're going to see a lot more technology coming in in terms of assessing your level of wellness um, on a daily basis. We've had the wearables so far. They haven't really worked. I'm looking forward to have toilets, though, when you go to the bathroom in the morning, it will come up straight away. And there's been a lot of people researching and I'm sure it's soon there that will come up on your fridge or anywhere else where it says you are deficient of vitamin B and C today. And that's what you need, because... Uh, Those are a lot more technology to help to us, but also I think the knowledge is that it's a basic that is important. Good night's sleep, move every day, eat healthy, drink a lot of water, find a mindfulness practice. So I think the basics coupled with the advanced uh, is what's going to happen in the future. But I think sometimes we want to take shortcuts, but we got to do the basics as well.
1: Got to do the basics. Well, that's a great place to end. And thank you so much for being here, Anna, and to our audience for tuning in. Please join us tomorrow for a special Friday edition of Barron's Live. Market Watch's Greg Robb will be reporting live from Jackson Hole with a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the highly anticipated remarks from the Fed's annual summer retreat. He and Market Watch reporter Jeffrey Bartash will be joined by the president of the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Adam Posen. Thanks again for listening. Thank you again, Anna, and take care, everyone.
0: The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at Siemensenergy.com.